from the Alex Trebek stage at Sony Picture Studios, this is Inside Jeopardy. Oh, yes. Play it, Johnny. On the axe, I'll never get tired of the image of Johnny Gilbert on lead guitar in my brain camera. Welcome back to Inside Jeopardy, your exclusive and official podcast destination for all things happening in the world of Jeopardy. I'm Michael Davies. I'm joined today by producer Sarah Foss and friend of the pod, Buzzy Cohen. Happy to be here. Happy Halloween. Welcome back, Michael. Yeah, it is. It is definitely Halloween in the studio today. <laughs> let me try and uh, let me try and uh, conjure an image in the theater of the mind yes. that is uh, that is Podland. I'm uh, going to get a fashion commentary once and for all. This yeah, is going to happen producer, today. Producer Sarah Foss is dressed in a uh, a suit jacket. Uh, there's a little pocket square. There's a little flower. There's a nice little floral tie. There's a nice little check shirt. There are some round horn rimmed glasses. And there is a there is a hairstyle. When I walked in, it was like, oh, you're Pat from SNL. <laughs> oh. But instead, your Halloween costume is... I'm Buzzy Cohen. Oh. Woohoo! I'm it's friend of the excellent. pod, Buzzy Cohen. Yeah. Yes, we have some photos of us as double Buzzy, double vision. Okay, and Buzzy uh, today is dressed in... Very uncharacteristic Buzzy wear. Shorts, a plain black t-shirt. Um, he is wearing horn room classes. Uh, Need them to see. Okay, good. That's important. Uh, I also have a production headset. Oh, yes, yes you're wearing two I headsets. I want to see if, based on those clues, anyone out there in Inside Jeopardy land, because this is Inside Jeopardy. Deeply inside. Oh. You've been to the set, and you've been a contestant. You know exactly who Buzzy is at this point. Buzzy, you are... Mitch the sound guy. Mitch the sound man. Very, very clever. <laughs> I mean, well, for those of us who have been contestants, Mitch is a real touchstone for us because he's one of the first person who calls you champ after you win. I love it. That's so and nice. he calls you champ when he mics you up again. And I, it was so he's, – he's very got a very calming presence. It's he very does. important. But – as well, I realize that he just calls you champ so he doesn't have to learn your name. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. That's very, very good. Yeah, um, I get a fist bump from Mitch every now and then. Yeah, as you, uh, I ho- it's always well-deserved when you get one. I want to remind everyone we're dressed up for Halloween and to share your Jeopardy-themed costumes using hashtag DeathlyDouble. And a, a double-blind panel of my choosing will receive the prize for best Jeopardy-themed costume, which is a... Photograph of Ken Jennings signed by Buzzy Cohen. Oh. Extremely yeah, rare. Really Very rare. Rare and highly, <laughs> highly Coveted. valuable. Uh, neither yes. of you have commented on my Halloween costume. Well, uh, we were waiting for you to describe it yeah. for us. Uh, double-breasted blue blazer, ah. black t-shirt, a uh, pair of uh, Monfrey sort of cords, jeans, and a pair of Adidas sneakers. That is, is the there Michael Davies. There the is waist. a handkerchief okay. on the waist. And ah. what's to my belt. Yeah. Yeah, that's this is the this EP is the Michael EP Michael Davies EP outfit. Michael Davies. I think Lily um, did actually just put out the Men in Blazers, yes. but she did me as Men in Blazers, which is slightly different. But this is the EP Michael Davies Halloween outfit. All right, well, thanks You're for getting into the spirit. <laughs> you are welcome. Okay, we have the heaviest script in the history <laughs> of Inside Jeopardy. It's about thirty-eight pages. We got a lot to get through. Let's get right to it, Sarah Foss. Well, first off, today is a very special day. It is the kickoff of our historic two thousand and twenty-two tournament of champions i can't believe it is finally here i can't wait to dive into this week's games next week on the pod lots to discuss Mm. and we have come to the end of our road to the toc so later in today's episode you're going to have a chance to hear my conversations with our final 
five champions, second chancers Jessica Stevens and Rowan Ward, along with our three-seated semi-finalists, Matea Roach, Matt Amodio, and Amy Schneider. Make sure you stick around for that. But first, we wrapped up week two of the second chance competition on Friday, and you know... Rowan Ward secured that final spot in the TOC. Last night, we witnessed another exciting game of Celebrity Jeopardy with Troy and Belisario, Will Wheaton, and Hassan Minhaj competing for a spot in our next semifinal game. So much to talk about. Yes, uh, so much gameplay to discuss. But I want to start. I know we're at the TOC. I know we're, <laughs> we've just concluded second chance. We've got something way more important ah, to discuss. Yes. We recently shared a clip on Instagram of Ken Jennings revealing that one of the things he misses about Jeopardy is the beep boop music. Not that he misses, I think that he's nostalgic about the Jeopardy. It's the beep yes. boop music, the beep boop 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 music that played at the start like of each that. round when the dollar amounts were displayed. This ended, what, about three years ago? Something mm, like that? A little more, a little okay. more. Okay, producer Sarah let me know they were removed from the show because they took time away from the clues. But the people have spoken. They want the beep boops back they're demanding and, it yeah we are and we are i should say deeply considering it for those of you who don't know what we're talking about let's at least play the beep boop so that everybody knows what we're talking about yeah to me that means you're about to get <laughs> I know, 30 minutes I just... of top quality trivia yeah. Rolled back into some Jeopardy yeah. history. It's right such there. a great noise. I mean, it's like there there are noises that used to play daily in our lives, and that was sort of like anybody who lived in the era of like you know old telephonic yeah. technology. That was the sort of sound, but it also felt like the future. Yes, future, future, future. retro futurism. Like yes. I love that. Um, yeah, <laughs> now, it's so good. Do you think they stay as they are? Do you think we modernize them slightly? No. Like what? What's the thought on that? Listen to both. No. No. I, I mean, some things don't need. Some things came out just as they should be. I you think know, it's be- very interesting because you know there is a. <laughs> this is something which you know, is a tough adjustment for me. As you know, I am a, I'm an aggressive producer. I like, I like, switching things up. And I think has been stated on the Reddit page <laughs> that very often there are conservative voices on the show, such as producer Sarah Foss, <laughs> who rein in my more aggressive instincts uh, on the show sometimes with death stares and and um you know sometimes calming conversations and uh, i need it that's the sort of system i like operating within um but i think this was one change that was made that i probably wouldn't have done i love there are so few opportunities on jeopardy to play sound effects as you know one of the things i did i love sound design (laughs) one of my big things i bought was sound design into the open sarah had to deal with me on that for the first month of my tenure um (laughs) But I like a bit of sound design. So there's so few opportunities for sound design. There are a lot of places on most game shows where you have sound effects. Jeopardy has no sound. I actually quite like that. It's quite good. But this is a place where there was sound. Now there is none. It would be great to have it back. Yeah, I think it's a good indication that we're moving away from the opening chit-chat and we're getting into the game. That's my feeling. It's It's a great... You know, I work in sound, and I think I'm with you. Are you saying that as as Mitch, the audio guy, that you work in ah, sound, or as Buzzy? Uh, I'm wear- Buzzy you know, I'm wearing Kelly. the glasses, but I am dressed as Mitch, so it's like both. <laughs> both. I'm both right now, a hybrid. I'm He's a monster. All in on beep boops. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, well, I'm very excited about the beep boop beeps. We we don't really have a timeline. We 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 gotta we gotta figure out when we're gonna do it. I'm also very into. I want that beep boop. Beep, boop, beep, beep, boop, boop, boop. I want that as a ringtone on my phone. Yeah. Um, although who's who's actually my phone just yeah. beeped right at that point. <laughs> but who actually has ringtones on yeah, their it's phone? It's all vibrate. Anymore? 
Um, yeah. Producer Lisa Brofman, she's the only phone I ever hear ring in the control room frequently at volume. But uh, we don't have a lot of uh, ringtones. But I would like to have the ringtone for beep, boop, beep, beep. I, I think a lot, you know, my parents are ringtone people. They might be, they might be into okay, I good. think there are a lot of people out there. But hey, we're on a podcast. We're not on the show. We can do whatever we want. Yes, can we, we bring, can. I, I want to bring the beep boops into the pod. Yeah. Michael? Okay. As our transition for game recaps. Okay, I love wonderful. That. Okay. Right. Can we do it right now? Yeah, let's get into the game recaps. Oh, perfect. That's a great addition to our gameplay recaps. And now for another great addition, joining us to discuss week two of the second chance competition, I am going to enable and introduce the enabler, senior researcher and gameplay analyst, Michael Harris. Welcome back to Inside Jeopardy. Thank you, Michael. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Buzzy. Welcome, Michael. Let's get right into it. Monday's game, we have Sarah Snyder, Jeff Smith, and Sadie Goldberger all returning for their second chance. Now, this is one of those games I think... All three of them, of course, want to make it to the finals, but Sadie may have a little something extra to prove. She comes up with a win with who is Ernest Hemingway. She writes down every single one of those letters completely on her podium. All the words, all the letters. She got it all in this time. No Tubman 2.0. Yeah. Yeah, she definitely had something to prove after her first appearance, and she made it clear that she came to play. All three players correct in Final Jeopardy, but Sadie was uncatchable. Okay, heading into Tuesday's game, we've got Tom Philippos, Alicia O'Hare, and Jack Weller back for a second chance. Jack Weller takes this game. What do you guys think about it? Yeah, this is one of those games where Jack, if you look at the stats, isn't necessarily that far ahead but really lets the daily doubles do the talking and ends up with barely a runaway but a runaway is a runaway and you know as we know in these competitions it's all points you just want to make it to the next round and he secured that with twelve thousand dollars almost exactly his difference was in his in the daily doubles yeah and alicia was really trying to close that gap because she could tell toward the end of the dj round that she was close but those last final clues just did not fall her way and so jack was able to keep that margin they may have been doing a little laughing online at what is meese but they're not laughing at the fact that jack is headed to the finals in second chance okay we head on to wednesday's game now where we welcomed back nikki porcaro doe park and rowan ward this game was all Rowan's. Yeah, I was in the studio for this, and the second Rowan got on the stage, they were just on fire, positive, excited to be there, and the game, once once Rowan turned it on, there was no turning it off. Yeah, so much buzz coming into Second Chance about Rowan, about what a great player that they are, and Big in the certainly world. did not disappoint uh, on the Alex Trebek stage. I thought it was interesting that Rowan had a clear runaway, and yet they still wagered 10000 in final. I had to wonder, was that to put an exclamation point on the win? Was that to get into the highest score podium coming back for the finals? You know, as someone who's played in this, I certainly think there's some superstition, or at the very least, the desire to be in that first podium has a per- a little bit of a perception thing. Did you notice Buzzy just threw in, as someone who's played in this thing, it was kind of a diss on the rest of us, so I just want to make that point. As a man who's taken the down well, in uh I've in, never in, been in, in a second Jeopardy. chance tournament. <laughs> but but uh, second chance competition. I've never been in a second chance competition. I have to say, people are wondering why we always want to clarify that, but every tournament we've ever had on Jeopardy in the past has resulted in one champion. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to call it second chance competition because we would be having 
two people moving on, and that's the reason I'm going to settle it now, yeah. once and for all. A left but Twix I have and to a say, right Twix. All of these second chancers, <laughs> they were never in the champions' podium, so I yeah. think it means a little something extra, and I think that's what Rowan was trying to secure. Interesting that. point. Almost take you seriously, uh, but very, very difficult considering your buzzy Cohen Halloween <laughs> outfit. Yes. And, and nobody takes me seriously. And can I say how tight the wig cap is at this <laughs> point? Like, I wig. can barely think because of the constriction from the wig cap, but I'm committed to my costume. Okay. And okay. we are headed into Thursday's game where Rowan Ward, Jack Weller, and Sadie Goldberger are now in our two-day Say it. total Say point it. of fair buzzy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and um, once again, we saw how the two-day total point affair sometimes matters, sometimes doesn't. Man, Rowan was on fire. Look yeah. at those stats, 37 correct responses. They just really kicked it in gear, and I think both Jack and Sadie were kind of flat-footed. They were so totally surprised how Rowan performed. I loved our Daniel Radcliffe collage category. I don't know if you picked up what the writers did there, because we had a great category all about Daniel Radcliffe. Of course, he's starring in the new Weird Al Yankovic biopic. Yes, I'm very excited about that. I actually had the chance to talk with him, and I said, so you have to tell me, do you sing I Lost on Jeopardy in the film? And he said, well, it plays on the radio in one of the scenes, but oh. he didn't actually get the chance to sing it. So close. I'm very disappointed, but then our writers came back and had Radcliffe College in another round. Yeah, brilliant, those writers. Too smart. And we're headed into day two of our two-day total point affair. Yep. Friday's game, a little bit more of the same, but Jack Weller, he, he put a run in for it. Yeah, Jack was well-prepared this time because he knew how well Rowan performed in their previous outing, and he came to play. He put a lot of numbers up on the board, and he really was challenging them for the lead in this game. And it, it basically forced Rowan to actually play. In, in final, which I know one of the reasons that uh, executive producer Michael Davies is not a fan of a two-day total point affair is because sometimes uh, you end up with a foregone conclusion. Here's a case where somebody on Thursday just looked unbeatable and, oh, well, well, so, uh, what? a little interesting wagering going on here. May I just say... Uh, on behalf of executive producer Michael Davies and his point of view vis-a-vis -vis the two-day total <laughs> point affair. Since you're dressed as him. That it's not that I don't appreciate the two-day total point affair. I just prefer in a tournament, not a competition, ah, but in a tournament, <laughs> I prefer the, the, the new iteration yeah. that we see play out in TOC uh, of the best of seven yeah. series. And we'll see how that plays out on yeah. our coming weeks. We will the see. Pod. It has been we said will. that Jeopardy is a sport. It has been said. Once or twice. Now, if Jack had been correct and Rowan incorrect, he would have advanced to the TOC. But it is Rowan headed to the TOC with our second spot. Woo! And let's just say, 64 correct responses <laughs> in those two games in the total point affair. An average of 32. What a Jeopardy player. The way they hold themselves and... The, the smile and the fun. I used to yes. play against somebody like this in junior tennis who was always smiling and always in a great mood, and it was impossible. I sort of tried to adopt it myself, <laughs> and all I became was a very, very happy loser. It's just so <laughs> aggravating yeah. to play against somebody who is smiling the entire time and having such a great time as they destroy you. We had a conversation, and maybe we'll get into it next week as we get into the TOC. You watch someone like Rowan coming out of second chance competition playing extremely, extremely well. Now, 
not a total runaway, but even the game, the second game of the two-day total point affair, going into final with $20,000 is no joke. And we had a conversation, where do you seed someone like this? Well, and also, they were in such form, there is some advantage going into the TOC coming out of the second chance competition because... You just played. You just have reps. Uh, You're right there. Um, And we should say, these were just days apart based on travel and... Hours. Yeah. (laughs) They were days. Yeah. (laughs) But it was was a quick turnaround. Well, that brings us to the end of our first ever second chance competition. Thank you so much, Michael Harris, for joining us. I really enjoyed diving into these games with you. My pleasure. Looking forward to watching both Jessica and Rowan compete in the TOC. Moving on, it's time for Celebrity Celebrity Jeopardy. Jeopardy. In primetime. And we had another great episode with Troyan Belisario, Will Wheaton, and Hasan Minaj. I, I haven't watched any of these in the studio. I'm watching them along with everyone at home. And these celebrity shows are getting better and better. And coming into this, I thought that this was Will Wheaton by a mile. Now, the final scores say... Will Wheaton by a mile. But if we had a second chance celebrity competition, I think Troyan Belisario really impressed me. Got some very tough and what I would consider academic clues. Hassan knew a lot of stuff. And I think if next time on the celebrity second chance competition, <laughs> we will maybe see a more composed Hassan. I hope he comes back. And, oh, uh, second chance celebrity. Second That's chance right. celebrity. Well, yeah. do you know what? There is Tryon has already got back in touch with us and said that she wants to come back on the show next year. And I do think that perhaps where celebrity celebrity Jeopardy is doing so well in prime time, by yeah. the way. And I do believe we're going to be back again. It's not official. It's not an official announcement, but I do believe we're going to be back for years to come. But you know, the idea it's kind of like when they play the the celebrity uh, game during All Star Weekend in the yeah. NBA. It doesn't necessarily have to be completely different celebrities every year. Yeah. I think we may we may repeat some people. I think that's a good idea, and I just want to say, if you are someone like Troyan who has what it takes and you want to take it to the next level, I am on Twitter, and I will happily give any celebrity coaching. Coaching, by Buzzy Cohen. I took it down in the JFL uh, <laughs> Jeopardy coaching school. All right, in Triple Jeopardy, Will finds all three daily doubles, and yeah. there's not much you can do when someone finds all three and capitalizes on them. And he and he was smart about it. He every time he hit the daily double, even though when he got wrong, he said, "Okay, I got to make a move now." And he so he, he he said he watches the show. He said he's an avid watcher and that yeah, familiarity is like, you know, could because what we saw in some of the other games were people making emotional daily double bets. "Oh, I'm scared. I don't want to wager that much." "Oh, it's just this amount on the board." He knew, okay, this is my shot to kind of take a lead. And once once you've got the lead, especially if you get, you know, three more daily doubles, then on the third one, he could bet a thousand. It didn't matter. He was so far ahead. Yeah. Once again, like you said, a real fan of the show, someone who watches it day in, day out. They know it in a different way. My favorite moment of this show was when there was a clue about Captain Jean-Luc Picard, who <laughs> Will Wheaton was on TV with, and Troyan got it, and she had to apologize to him Um he Just, took it well, though. He, he did take it well, sport. but I would be so pissed if I was Will Wheaton. I'd still be mad about it. All right. Well, he had a runaway game by the end, and he advances to the semifinals where he will join John Michael Higgins. And you can tune in this Sunday, November 6th, to find out who will secure our final spot in our second semifinals. All right. The time has come for our final Road to the TOC interviews. <laughs> It is longer than I like the way it goes, beep, boop, beep, at the end. Well, what better way to get into these interviews? All right, first up, my conversation with Second Chance Week 1 winner, Jessica Stevens. 
Jessica Stevens, boy, what have the last few days been like for you? Um, it has been hard to believe. I think that once these episodes air, it'll start to feel real because it's because other people can see what has been happening. But right now, it's it's because you have to keep so much private. You don't want to spoil any outcomes for for people who love the show. It's it kind of doesn't feel real to me because so few people even know. Um, how exciting Second Chance Competition was. Yes, and it was just, you know, like I said, a few days ago that you claimed your spot, had a little bit of time to relax, but then we're headed right into the Tournament of Champions this week. What's it been like to be reunited with Matt Amodio and Jonathan Fisher, who didn't know they'd be seeing you in the Tournament of Champions? I was very tempted the first time I saw each of them to just yell out, boo! But um, I did not. I just said hi, but... um, you know, I was there to compete against them the first time I played, but I still really enjoyed spending that time with both of them. They're both so just great people that um, obviously it's a it's a tournament, it's a competition, but like you you're still even happy to see the people who you're playing against do well. And so I was glad to see them. It's it's kind of like this has been like a, a high school reunion. Well, we've never had three people from a regular season game come back to compete against each other in the Tournament of Champions. It's it's never been done before. Groundbreaking, Jessica. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do what I can. I think it was just so great that this idea that really came from your game and your performance and how you came so close. You know, you beat Matamodio in that game, even though you lost to Jonathan, but that that became, we should give these people, players like you, a second chance. We do a competition and you win it. I'm still surprised. And, and you know, some people... It's, it's really hard to predict to look at a roster who's going to come out ahead because you know everybody's a good player. Um, something that has been um, a bit strange for me is knowing one little change, like one person ringing in just ahead of me could have made the difference um, between me and somebody else. I, it's, I'm still getting used to like, oh, that worked out in my favor. Like I happened to, to sweep right in. And um, so much of it is is really down to luck just because everyone who's been here for second chance has been and for tournament of champions is just an incredible player yes there's certainly luck but you have to have the skill first to be able to be in a position to -hmm. have some luck now for months you knew these 19 people that were in the tournament of champions Mm -hmm. they knew each other what was it like when you first kind of stepped in the room and it's like here are the final two this is our field of 21 it was kind of funny because i sometimes don't realize when I see another Jeopardy alum that I haven't met that person in real life. If I haven't, you you see people on TV, you see them online and um, you interact with them and you sort of forget like, oh, I actually haven't met this person in real life. It was kind of funny in the, the waiting room to see somebody walk by and like recognize me or recognize Rowan as like oh that's that's like to see that, that like double take of, oh, that's who walked away from second chance. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to Matt and he said, you know, it's kind of cool that the both of the second chancers were competitors that gave him a run for his money. So you and Rowan. Yeah. When I've seen like Rowan at the hotel and, and that kind of stuff, like they're always in the their Emodioed shirt. So yes. yeah, the Emodioed can become the the warder later. Yeah. I know. I like it. I yeah. like it. Well, anything can happen in the Tournament of Champions. This is Jeopardy. Yeah. Welcome. We're so excited to have you and enjoy the tournament. Oh, thank you guys for having me. I am having the time of my life. And next up, I caught up with Second Chance Week 2 winner, Rowan Ward. Rowan Ward, a few days ago, we did not know that we would be seeing you in the Tournament of Champions. How does it feel to be about to compete? 
few days ago. I didn't know I would be here, but <laughs> I came here prepared and hoped that that would pay off. And it did. I felt cool as a cucumber through all my episodes and they asked a lot of stuff I learned. I always said while I was preparing that, yeah, there's a lot of luck in Jeopardy, but the best way to make my own luck is to study and prepare and it paid off. Well, I think we had hopes when we thought of the second chance competition that it would offer, you know, some sense of redemption for certain players, you being one of them, coming so close to beating a champion like Matamodio. You get your next chance and you proved throughout that week of competition that you deserve a spot in the TOC. Thank you. I am really excited to be going into the TOC and I love that I've just had that chance to play Jeopardy. It is kind of fun to have that bit of a recency edge, if you will. Yeah. And yeah, I may not have won as many games as Matt or Matea or Amy or Ryan or anybody, but I feel like my game is as sharp as it's ever going to be. And I don't feel like I'm some kind of long shot, if you will. You know, I'm, I don't think I'm the rich strike of the Tournament of Champions. Even when we announced Second Chance from the beginning, the community was saying Rowan is going to be a force. Like, they are so involved in trivia. Like, watch out for Rowan. So they were right. I felt really good. I mean, I was a little afraid when they were saying that just because, oh, no, they're putting some pressure on me. But I pushed it out of my head. I'm like, it's not going to help much to obsess over that or to think about expectations. What's going to help is to keep studying, to keep working at it, and to focus on the game and not their expectations. I didn't want to get psyched out by it. Yeah. And you didn't just study the material. You also really engaged in a lot of buzzer technique. I did engage in a lot of buzzer technique just because I know that knowing a lot of trivia is part of the picture, but keeping your cool, being in the right headspace, being fast on the buzzer, having that timing down, knowing what Ken's reads sound like, trying to increase my reaction time as quick as possible. Those are all essential elements. Jeopardy at its heart is a trivia game, but it's not only a trivia game. There are so many other aspects to it, and I wanted to be prepared for all of them. Now, how do you feel you'll have to adjust your game knowing that there are no wild cards? And obviously, you know, the format for the finals is a multi first person to get to three. So do you think you'll have to adjust your game style or do you think you've kind of been playing that way going in? I don't think I'll have to adjust it a lot. Interestingly, I had to do some studying and some thinking about my wagering theory for the two-day total point affair. Yes. But for the first round of second chance or for the regular Jeopardy when I was here last year, the goal is just win. And now every single game of the Tournament of Champions, even through to the finals, which has now done GOAT style, what does it boil down to? Just win. And you're not afraid to make a big daily double wager. We've seen that too. (laughs) Not at all. And that's something that it definitely helped with the practice and keeping my head in the game and thinking through all those wagering scenarios is coming in prepared made me very cool headed about making some very big bets And that's something I plan on carrying right into the TOC as well. Well, you did the work. You have momentum on your side. And we wish you all the best of luck in the Tournament of Champions. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here. 
And now let's hear from our three players who, based on their impressive runs, were seeded into the semifinals. First up, 23-day champion, Matea Roach. Matea Roach, you are back. You've had a few months to think about what this would be like. How are you feeling leading into the Tournament of Champions? I'm feeling a lot better now that I'm in Los Angeles. I think <laughs> the anticipation of coming into this tournament just with the amazing field and with having watched everybody's games, it was a little bit stressful. And of course, crossing the border, COVID travel is still a little bit weird. But now that I'm here, it's been so exciting meeting the other contestants. And I'm just really stoked to play some you know, great Jeopardy. Hopefully it'll be more than one game, but if it's only the one, I'll still be happy. Well, we would be remiss if we didn't mention that, of course, you're going to be seated in the semifinals. When you first heard about the new format and how things were going to play out, what were your thoughts? So on the one hand, I was like, oh, this is great because my minimum payout just went up from the semifinals. <laughs> but on the other hand, you know, I think it puts a little bit of pressure because the implication is, you know, you're one of the strongest players in the tournament. And so for me, I just really hope that my performance in semifinals will you know, live up to me being a seated player. Uh, so I'll certainly try my best. But yeah, I don't know. There's there's so many strong competitors. Like nothing is a given in this tournament. That's why we call it Jeopardy, right? It's true. <laughs> it's all about those daily doubles. It's all about gameplay. And obviously you have to kind of mold your gameplay to whomever you're playing against in the semis. Have you thought about having to make those bigger wagers or having to play differently? Yes. So I think I knew when I was here before that the way that I was playing was actually maybe not the most strategic. And yeah, perhaps had I made bigger daily double wagers, who knows how much longer I could have played for or I could have lost earlier. You know, you never really know, right? Maybe you hit the daily double and it's not your category. Um, I think I'm prepared to be more aggressive. And if I, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword, maybe it'll work out. Um, I think it is really necessary because we have some big wagers in this field. My priority is just to play the best possible game I can. And I think in this context, it will mean being a bit of a more aggressive player, wagering higher, not playing the boards top down, which is much to my chagrin. <laughs> I really like to play the boards top down. So did Alex. He loved when the players played it that mm -hmm. way. He would chastise people sometimes yes. if they missed clues because Absolutely. of bouncing around. He'd be like, if you win at the top, you'd know what this category exactly. was about. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you see that category title and I'm like, mm, I'm going to have to start with the $200 clue because I'm not willing to just let $1,000 fly by for no reason. <laughs> now, obviously, Jeopardy fans in America loving Matea, but you're home country of Canada. They have just embraced you as like a national ambassador. What has that been like? It's been wild because uh, I don't think any Canadian comes to Jeopardy expecting to be <laughs> a national ambassador. Um, I even think probably Alex, when he first started, like didn't know that the show was going to become as iconic as it was. So even like the most iconic Canadian of Jeopardy probably didn't expect that starting out. Um, it's a huge honor, honestly. It's overwhelming. I said to a couple of people preparing to come down here, I feel a little bit like I'm going to the Olympics. Like, I think I have to represent my country in a way the other contestants <laughs> don't. Uh, but it also is nice to know that there are so many people that I don't even know who are rooting for me in this tournament just on strength of sharing a nationality with them. Have you had a chance to get to know any of the competitors outside of competition so far? So I wasn't able to meet anyone in person prior to coming to the tournament just because there's nobody else who lives in my city. Or actually, that's not true. I was just saying I did see Amy when uh, she came to Toronto for TIFF. So I was able to get coffee with her. I've exchanged DMs on Twitter with a number of contestants. Um, so it was nice to see sort of some faces in real life that I had been talking to online for the past several months. And since we've been down here, you know, we've been going out for meals together, chatting a lot, of course, about the tournament and about our Jeopardy experiences, but also like getting to know about people's kids, people's jobs. It's been a lot of fun so far. 
Well, you are in great company. We want to wish you success in the Tournament of Champions, and it is so great to have you back at the Alex Trebek stage. Thank you so much, Sarah. Next, my conversation with 38-game winner Matt Amodio. Matt Amodio, you're back. How I, does it feel? I am. Oh, it feels like home all over again. <laughs> you ended season 37 pretty well, obviously. You started season 38 pretty great, but you could have never anticipated what would come after you in season 38. It's been an adventurous <laughs> season for any Jeopardy fan, myself included. <laughs> what was it like to keep watching like these super champions, these five D champions, these four D champions as a as a person who knew they were coming back, but also just as a fan? Yeah, I I know how hard it is to do that firsthand now, and so seeing so many people do it, it's just I'm impressed by them individually, one after another. And it was a little disappointing to see <laughs> uh, my record already be eclipsed. I had so little time to really. Enjoy you didn't it. Really get to enjoy it. <laughs> Ken's had so many years with this, you know. Is That's it fair? Right. It really, really. <laughs> what were your thoughts when you first heard that we were going to be seating you and Matea and Amy? I was extremely excited because that's one less round where I can lose. And so I always think about this probabilistically, and I just knew that that helped my uh, chances. And what do you think about the goat style final? Oh, that's exciting. I uh, I loved watching the goat uh, just day after day. That excitement was so much. And now I just want to be part of it. How is the pressure for you? Obviously, you're coming in as a favorite. Lots of people in the Jeopardy community, Team Emodio. <laughs> How does it feel to be you, the one with the pressure in the hot seat to perform as well as you did in your initial run? I've been told many times that this is just gravy. You, you've done so <laughs> well that just don't worry about it. And that's easy for other people to say. Yes. But internally, I am putting a lot of pressure on myself because that's always what I do day in, day out. <laughs> and so I'm stressed, but it's no more stress than every day that I uh, played in the season. I can't help but notice that our two second chance competition winners were both people who played against you, but who you defeated. So I think that's one thing the average audience member doesn't appreciate. People who lose their game are still so good at Jeopardy. And it's awesome to just see them get a second chance and show what they can do. If you come up against Rowan or Jessica, how, how do you feel about that? I would be a little afraid. <laughs> uh, I, I say that about everybody, but I know just firsthand how tough those games were. What's been the best part of this whole experience? I mean, the past year has been pretty life-changing for you. It has. I, I, I've enjoyed some minor celebrity, although I, I also <laughs> like the minor part of it right, that I'm able to, uh, exactly, I'm able to walk through public spaces, order a, a meal at a restaurant, and usually get by okay. But it's just been uh, really wonderful hearing from old friends, old fans family that I haven't talked to in a really long time. It's been good connecting. It's been uh, good for Ohio as well, Absolutely. Right? Yeah. No, I've been proud to represent my home state and then also my uh, adopted state. Uh, and so uh, Yale has been great. New Haven has been great. And I, I've just had people come and say they're big fans and I, I, they're strangers to me, but they feel like they know me and it's comfort at first sight. Well, we're happy to welcome you back. It yeah. feels like I haven't seen you in forever based on all the other qualifiers, but it's nice to have you back here in the Alex Trebek stage. It's good to be back. Absolutely. Good luck at the competition. Thank you. And lastly, I caught up with 40 game champion, Amy Schneider. Amy Schneider, welcome back to the Alex Trebek stage. Thank you. A lot has happened since I saw you last. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Could you even have imagined that moment? how your life would change and the impact you would have on people? Not at all. You know, I mean, I, I realized that it was going to be, you know, something that there was going to be some notice of, of what I had done, but it's just been overwhelming how 
big the reaction has been, how sustained it is, how much I still get recognized. And most importantly, like you said, the, the impact that it had. You know, I knew that I was going up as, to an extent, a representative of my community and, you know, that that was just part of what I was doing. And to know that I've done so much good for them and that I, I represented them so well is something that I'll just, just always be proud of. As a 40 game champ, obviously, you are thought of as the biggest threat, the biggest challenge. Is that hard to come into this competition knowing there's so much pressure to to perform at that level that you always have on this stage so far? I mean, yeah, it, it is. It is sort of a weird feeling. You know, I didn't, I came in with nothing to lose the first time. And now there is that sort of feeling that like, oh no, like if I don't do well, like, will that change what people think of me? But I've been, I think I've done a pretty good job of like getting that out of my head and, you know, just being like, hey, this is all just a bonus. It'll be fine, however it goes. Also playing with an audience, Amy, you've never played with an audience. Genevieve will be here. What's yeah. it going to be like to have support in the studio for you? You know, I don't know. There was, I actually kind of like had a debate in my mind over whether I even, even wanted Genevieve to be here just because it's like, you know, I want to, that would be a new variable to have to think about. Uh, but, you know, I just decided that, like, when I'm on stage, I'm trying not to think about anything. So I'll just try not to think about the fact uh, that she's there, you know, and that'll be that. And then after I win, it'll be great <laughs> that she'll be right there. And I won't just have to, like, call her and, like, drive to an airport before I get to see her and everything. So that however it goes, it'll be great to have her right here and not not back at home. Now, do you have a new theme song? Are we sticking with Eminem? We're sticking with Eminem. It's, uh, it worked great. It's, uh, it's a classic. I'm sticking with it. It worked before. What were your reactions when you first heard about the new format? No wild card, you being seated in the semifinals, and then the first to win three games. I assumed that the format would be different just because it seemed like, you know, there were too many people to fit into the old format. So, you know, the fact that it was different wasn't a surprise. I think it took me a second to get with the idea of the, the sort of race to three for the final. But I, I like it because it means that each game you're playing the same way you'd play any other game. And it's not some sort of new, slightly different strategy you have to adopt for the final or everything. You can just keep playing like you always have. So yeah, that part of it I like. And uh, yeah, I like getting the bite of the semifinals. I'm not <laughs> complaining about that either. What's been the best part, Amy? Could you sum up like the best part of this journey? I mean, I think it is hearing from trans people and the, and the families of trans people and the, a story that I've heard so many times some variation of you know seeing you was the first time that my my father or my grandfather really started using the correct pronouns or really seemed to understand i didn't think it was possible that just seeing someone on tv could could change minds that way and it really seems to have done so and so that's just you know a very like specific direct good that i have done to people that is is just really satisfying um, so yeah, that's probably the main one. Uh, but like getting to like fly all around <laughs> and do all sorts of cool things has been great too. Like, the, yeah. Yeah. Throwing out first pitches yep. at the White House. You know, it's been a good summer. <laughs> it has been, I would say. <laughs> well, it couldn't happen to a greater person. We're so happy to welcome you back. And thank you for all you've done for Jeopardy, for our community and for the world out there. It's really great to have one of the best. Oh, well, thanks for the, thanks for the opportunity and, and thanks for the money. That's been really nice. Oh yeah, that's yeah. good too. <laughs> Oh man, those those super champs! All of our contestants are amazing, but those super champs, those super super champs, the super super. I know we need Amy, more Matt, adjectives. and Matea. They are honestly, they are movie stars. They are, they they are so eloquent. I love the way they speak. I love the way they hold themselves. They are just 
wonderful, wonderful, wonderful representatives and ambassadors uh, for the Jeopardy brand. It's interesting that every time it happens, look, we have Ken Jennings, 74 wins. We can't pick these people, and yet we've ended up with these great ambassadors, and uh, the gifts keep giving. We'll see what happens. Yeah, the game show gods are certainly with this program. (laughs) Thank you again for sharing these interviews with us, Sarah. I really love them, and I love hearing how each contestant is excited, nervous, prepared, not prepared, what they're bringing into this, and it really helps us as viewers have a more full sense of what's going on behind the podium. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. There have been many times in my life where I have faced a challenge and I found myself focusing so much on the problem that I could not see a solution. Sometimes it was in my personal life, relationships, a lot of times with career, kids, family, all kinds of stuff. And I look back on it and I think if I had had just a different mindset, I would have figured things out faster. A therapist can be a really great resource in those situations. I have personally benefited so much from therapy. It's helped me with stress, anxiety, depression. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. When you wanna be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash inside J today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash inside J. Now back to Inside Jeopardy. Now it's time to answer viewer questions. We hear from so many interesting people on this podcast about their love for learning. What if you could learn from the world's best all in one place? You can with Masterclass. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best. Masterclass is the only streaming platform where you can learn and grow with over 200 of the world's best for just $10 a month. And you can access Masterclass on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even in audio mode. Confidently navigate the media with the influential, intellectual Noam Chomsky. Use science to solve your problems with Bill Nye. Or learn from the past with Pulitzer Prize-winning historian Doris Kearns Goodwin. I personally enjoy James Clear's class that is helping me build smarter habits to help tackle daily challenges. Right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com jeopardy. That's 15% off at masterclass.com jeopardy. Masterclass.com jeopardy. Factors ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. When my schedule gets busy, it's nice to have pre-prepared, chef-created, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to my door. With over 35 different options a week to choose from and over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons, make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy with Factor. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Head to factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 and use code Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. That's code Jeopardy50 at factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. Rob Warman, who was a TOC 2019 quarterfinalist, asks, First off, let me just add to the chorus of voices who are saying, I love your podcast. I'm obviously a huge (laughs) fan of the show. (laughs) And I'm thrilled to get so much insider perspective from week to week. 
Even as someone who's had the good fortune to be a contestant, I'm still learning cool new tidbits from every episode. As for my question, in regular play, a hard clue comes up and no one attempts to answer. After several seconds of silence, the distinctive triple beep will sound and the host moves on. What or who decides when the beep 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 occurs? Well, this answer has changed over the years, Rob. It used to be Alex Trebek. He had a button right there on his lectern. He would kind of judge when enough time had passed that none of these three contestants was going to ring in, and he would enable that sound effect. When we went through our guest hosts and over that time period, we decided maybe we'd take it away from the host lectern and put it into our control room. So now it is our associate director, Chloe Corwin, who does enable that after a few seconds. We should say that a lot of the job of an associate director in television is counting backwards. Um, <laughs> and so, and she is phenomenal at counting backwards. She counts backwards to get into the show. She counts backwards here. She counts backwards through doubles, tape. Daily yeah. doubles. She does so much backwards counting. I'm not sure that she even remembers how to count forwards at this point. I'll, I'll add a little bit of my experience with this beep, 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 which was that during All Stars, we were really asking, I was on a team with Alex Jacob who likes to kind of slow the game down especially on a daily double and he really wanted to know how much time do we have to answer the daily double really pushing really pushing and then rocky was like well i assume you all know it's it's alex that enables it and <laughs> literally you know there were 18 of us or something and we were all like nobody knew that we all thought that it was a producer or a timer and suddenly it was like 18 people who have been watching this show for however many years were like oh my god OMG. OMG. And I was blown. one of the things that I was excited about doing when I guest hosted, but they took it away from me. Yep. Good. <laughs> that happened before my time, but I'm glad it happened anyway. Okay, uh, next question. John asks, I love this podcast too. Wow, we're really we're yeah. really patting ourselves on the back. I know. Uh, we don't write these. Who picks I these <laughs> and I look forward to its weekly drop as much as I look forward to the daily shows on television. My question is about the other questions, air quotes, those asked by Ken and Mayim during the contestant interview portion of the show. I'm assuming that contestants fill out some kind of fact sheet before entering the studio. Do the hosts decide which questions to ask during the interview, or do the contestants indicate which stories they would like to share? Or possibly, the producers decide which questions make the contestants more relatable to the television audience. Regardless, I hope this portion of the show never disappears. It is wonderful. Well, John, once our contestants are booked, our contestant team reaches out to them and they send them what they call an interview sheet. It has four to five pages of questions that might bring up interesting stories or facts. And they also ask all of our contestants to provide five interesting facts. Then from there, our contestant team narrows it down to their four or five favorites. And those are presented to our hosts. And then it's kind of a discussion, usually right before the interview, where the host may look at one of the five facts and think, I have something more relatable to talk about with that. Or maybe they want to change the the favorite story. But usually, it's all generated by our contestant team and sharing the best possible stories. One of the interesting things, I did not make it to super champion level or anything, but as you're changing, you have a very short time to change into a new outfit for the new show. And when you run out of your first three or five facts, someone's yelling at you while you're changing. <laughs> what else you got? You got another story for me? And you're trying to think of something not just interesting to you, but will be interesting to someone else, which is hard enough. While perfectly matching your pocket square while to your boot to your, your tie. And, you know, discovering that you accidentally put your 
uh, boxers on inside out or something and sort of like decompressing from the previous show. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, those were great. <laughs> we can relate, on. Buzzy. Great questions uh, from Rob and John. Thank you sincerely for the compliments. Uh, we do appreciate this. Our little team in our little room making little inside jeopardy and uh, getting some credit. We really uh, enjoy that you're enjoying this. As always, keep sending your questions and comments to Inside Jeopardy Podcast at gmail.com. And believe it or not, that is it for today's episode of Inside Whoa, Jeopardy. Four and a half pounds of script yeah. later. Woohoo! Join us here next Monday as we discuss the first five quarters final games in the Tournament of Champions. And as a reminder, you can head to Jeopardy.com to view all the matchups and the tournament structure. Yes, the Tournament of Champions, the TOC, the road to the TOC is over. We've actually, the road is, we've run out of road. We're just actually out of TOC now. It is here. There is going to be so much to talk about with this field of competitors, the debut of the brand new tournament format. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast, rate us, leave us a comment, share across social, follow us at Jeopardy on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook and on YouTube, and we will see y'all next week. Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween!